0: Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant.
1: It's just sad that we got to hear about uh, things happening, you know, in our, work, in our workplace and stuff like that via Twitter. I mean, it's good. It's entertaining. It's fun. But just want more communication. Like, let us know. Don't just string us along, man. If the NBA starting, if the NBA finished, just let us know. I challenge the NBA. Uh, you know, we work, we bled blood, sweat, and tears for this for this for this for this league, and you know, we we feel like it should be a, a certain line of respect that you know we should be knowing what's going on.
2: That was the Clippers, Patrick Beverly, and Pat. We all want to know. I'm with you, man. Come on. Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols, joined by our senior writer, Zach Lowe, NBA champion, Richard Jefferson. Coming up, Damian Lillard said he would choose LeBron to win this season's MVP. Find out if our panel agrees with that later in the show. But first, yep, it's not just Patrick Beverly. Everyone wants to know the problem is the decisions haven't been made yet. There's a conference call today for all 30 of the NBA's general managers ahead of the Board of Governors meeting that is tomorrow. The general managers are going to be briefed on the league's latest thinking about a range of return to play ideas and some details about what teams can expect off the court as well. Yesterday, our Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the League and Players Association are making an aggr- near to reaching an agreement that would allow a limited number of family members to join players at the single site location. Zach, that's a lot going on. What are you expecting to be the main takeaways of that gen- general manager's call today?
3: Uh, I don't know. Maybe nothing. I mean, it just could be an update on here. All the things that are on the table. We're meeting with the owners tomorrow. The board of governors is tomorrow. So it's like the big kids table comes tomorrow. And I think the decision is going to be to next week. And to your point, Rachel, I didn't really think there would be this much suspense left on May 28th as we almost entered June. I mean, there are three or four different general frameworks on the board and two or three sub frameworks beneath those. And no one really has any idea what general framework is going to be picked. And, and like, we got to pick pretty soon. And there's really a lot of suspense.
1: No, there is. And and it's funny that you said the big boy table because the GMs, as much as that is a very respected job, they're not the decision makers here. This is going to be, you know, the commissioners, the players association and the owners. They're going to come to down and then they're going to relay the information to the GMs. GMs will then relay it down to the coaches, uh, just how they're going to go about things. The training camp rules, how they're going to orchestrate the game. So I don't know if much of this meeting is going to come down because I just don't. I, I feel like they're kind of middleman in this situation.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I was talking to a team owner yesterday who was talking about being briefed by his GM after this meeting, I do think part of the element of this is get some of the information that they want to get on the table at the Board of Governors meeting, get that out to the GMs the day before, so that each general manager can talk to his team owner and talk about, okay, this is what will be good for us, this is what I advise for this, so the teams can kind of huddle up ahead of time and be best equipped for that Board of Governors meeting. We'll have to see if that indeed happens or if there are any hard decisions that get passed down today instead. Now, through all of these discussions, as you guys talk to players, you know one of the big topics that keeps coming up is their risk of injury after such a long layoff without playing basketball. And this is a particular concern to guys who will be free agents this coming offseason. It's only magnified by watching what's happening to other sports in other places as they return. In the Bundesliga in Germany, after just their first weekend of action, a report by sports scientist Joel Mason found that injury rates were more than three times as high, with soft tissue injuries particularly prevalent. Now, Richard, hearing this as a player, what would you do if you were a pending free agent? Well,
1: no, you have to go and play. Like, Understand that everybody has the exact same rules. Like this this time here is very similar to a lockout where your professionalism is tested. Everybody wanted to come back to play. Everyone kind of believed on on the stretch. Me personally, I didn't think that they were going to play, but there was a lot of belief that they were going to play. So if that's the idea, then you have to keep yourself as in shape as possible. If that means personal trainer, if that means running, doing all the things that you needed to do, right? No, Nobody was in home confinement for the most part. Most people were able to still do exercises so there's going to be injuries there's always going to be injuries players are going to get banged up that's always going to happen there might be an increase but ultimately this everyone has a level playing field
3: yeah to richard's point i mean look this is the most important thing about all this is keeping the players safe and healthy and, and players and coaches and staff and whoever else is going to be there and you know richard said you have to play and this and that i agree with him the players you know most of them are going to go play but to me This should be a deeply personal choice for everybody, for everybody that has to go to this thing, because it's scary. The virus is scary. The injury risk, if you're a pending free agent in particular, is scary. And I'm not sure what solution can be collectively bargained if a player just says, you know what, I I don't really feel comfortable going. That player should not be compelled to go. I think this is a deeply personal choice in a deeply scary situation.
2: It is. When you look at those rates of injury in the soccer league and you say three times as high... That does put a little chill in some guys, and that leads back to why some people want more regular season games before the playoffs start. Again, you've got competing interests there. Zach, I know you have a plan. You have the low plan. What would you like to see that would help take all these factors into account?
3: I mean, I don't know what I would like to see, but my proposal was if we're going to have a play-in tournament, I think the Nets and the Magic should be in the play-in tournament, too. So it's the five teams in the West, Memphis and the four below them, Nets and Magic, some 17 crazy tournament, and three of those teams come out and make the playoffs, and then you seed from there, probably by conference. My, my proposal is based on two assumptions. Number one, I don't know if the World Cup proposal, or I didn't know if the World Cup proposal was going to have enough support. I'm still not sure if it will or not. And number two, the league probably wants more games than they would get by just Starting the playoffs and going from there. So a play in tournament gets you some games. The problem is, what are the top 13 teams, the good teams, what are they doing while these bottom teams are playing and getting themselves into game shape and playing real games? Maybe you can have those top teams play games that count effectively regular season games that count towards the seedings and the standings, provided of course that the Lakers and the Bucks I think have earned the number one seed. So maybe they're too far ahead anyway. There's no perfect way to do this. Once you include more teams than just the playoff teams and more games than just the playoff games, you are going to get an imperfect solution that makes some people angry. And also, you have to take into consideration, how many people do we want there? How many people is too many? How many how, how many people staying for a long time as you would during a World Cup? How much of that increases the risk? I mean, these are all really hard questions.
2: We will find out. Richard, I don't know if you have an 18-point plan, but come up with that by the time you're next on the show, okay? Maybe tomorrow? (laughs) Ah,
1: That's not my role. Just asking. I have to to star in my role. That ain't my role, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see
2: if the next topic is your role. Coming up on this date four years ago, Game 6 Clay was born. Oh, yes. We're taking a look back at that game and some other notables and asking, what is Clay Thompson's best performance. He has so many to choose from. But first, it's time for our distant replays from this date in NBA history. Take a look.
1: And Peyton going to push it in a hurry. Top of the key works his way around.
0: A move as you will ever see. Five on the shot clock to Sabonis. Jack comes out to play and Sabonis goes around him for the slam. Now that's what Mike w wanted to see at the last play the other night. Instead of avoiding the contact, go in there, throw your body in there, and
1: get the foul. How about Sabonis? To Bibby has the open shot.
0: 23 points has given Sacramento a 1.15 of a
1: 23 in the second half. The Jump is brought to you by Wendy's 2 for 5. Price and participation may
2: vary for a limited time only.
0: It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, We know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit.
1: Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So at GEICO, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now it's our turn to share with the Geico Give back A 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility.
2: Coming up next, it's 20 minutes of Jalen and Jacoby, highly questionable and around the horn, a two-hour sports center at 5 o'clock with the PTI guys joining at 5.30. And we cap the day with SVP. Now, right here on The Jump, we want to take a quick look at notable Clay Thompson anniversaries. This date in 2016. Oh, this is the good one.
0: Play. some players just born for this situation. How do you stay cool?
1: I don't know if I was born for it. I mean, I
2: guess you can say I was born for it. I guess.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> gonna bounce Thompson outside of a Logan screen for three. Got it. Clay Thompson, Curry drives, bounces to Thompson in the corner, closely watched by Waiter. Did get off the three and hit it. Thompson wide
0: open for three. Here is Thompson has been on fire, and he hits again. Clay Thompson has kept this team alive with that three ball. He's hit seven of
3: thirteen. He's making them before he even lets it go, and that's the type of face that everybody makes because that was just a nasty, sick jumper. Thompson hits oh, again.
0: His fourth three of the quarter, tenth of the game. A long three for per- Thompson, and that is an NBA record. His tenth three-pointer of the night. Ahead of a to Thompson here. a three in transition. Good! Clay Thompson buries a three! Clay Thompson has been the best basketball player in the world tonight. He has not allowed the Warriors to
1: die.
2: Come on, guys. He was totally born for it. Who are we kidding? Welcome back to The Jump. Rachel Nichols still here with Zach Lowe and Richard Jefferson. And we all just saw the clip of Clay Thompson draining a playoff record 11-11 threes in the 2016 Western Conference Finals. Clay's had a number of incredible single-game performances, though, guys, including an NBA regular season record of 14 threes in 2018, scoring 60 points on 11 dribbles in 2016, and setting a record with 37 points in a single quarter in 2015. So that's all pretty good, Richard. Which one's Clay's best individual game? Uh,
1: again, good for Klay Thompson to have some of the most historic games, and he's still in the prime of his career. Obviously, I think the playoff won. I, I remember watching the game uh, with my teammates in Cleveland, and we were praying that Oklahoma City won, right? Like, we did not want to <laughs> face the 73-win team that had just beat us the, the uh, earlier on Christmas Day. So we were praying, and then Clay Thompson, he didn't just rip the hearts out of Oklahoma City. He was just punching us all the way across the country, like, we would pray for Oklahoma City. So I would say your best performance is always your best playoff performance. And, Clay, that, that was one for the
3: ages. Come on. Come on. It's that game. There's no other game that compared. I don't care. what The regular season games are amazing, the 11 dribbles. That game, dude got so hot in an elimination game for a 73-win team that his own coach – turned to the fans behind him, the, the Thunder fans, and started laughing after Clay <laughs> hit a ridiculous three in transition. And not only did he rip the Thunder fans' hearts out, he kind of ripped KD out of the Thunder because if the Thunder win that game, NBA history yep. is all different. That is, the, uh, that is an all-time game, all-time. Yeah.
1: yeah, the NBA history is different because then we end up beating Oklahoma City instead of Golden State for the championship.
3: Cocky, cock-y, Ooh, cocky,
1: Wow, RJ.
2: Mm, I totally agree with both of you guys. The game six, that is the most important game for all the reasons you just said. I do want to highlight, though, the 60-point-on-11-dribbles one. I love it because it speaks so much to who Clay is as a player, what kind of ingredient he is on the floor. If I was trying to explain Clay as a basketball player, one of the things I would do is point to that game about why he is such an incredible asset. It's what he is able to do without needing the ball in his hands as much as so many of the other guys. I love that game. Watching it was so fun. But again, that game six you're talking about, that is the one. Now I want to switch gears to Damian Lillard, guys, because he spoke to Jalen and Jacoby yesterday, and here is what he said when they asked who should win the MVP this season. Take a listen.
0: This year MVP,
1: I mean, if you if you said either one, I, I feel like it would, you know, nobody would have a problem with it. But me personally, I think is um, this season. I think is is LeBron. You know, they're the number one team in the West. Um, they've been consistent all year long. And for him to be at the age he's at with the amount of miles that he has on his body, um, how often he's talked about, you know, the pressure they put on him and every little thing that he does and the level he's performing at, I feel like, in my opinion, I think he's the MVP.
2: My favorite part of what Dame said there was, I think if you went either way, no one would have an issue. Clearly, Dame does not follow NBA basketball Twitter, but everyone has an issue. Zach, do you have an issue with what Damien said?
3: Uh, look, I love Dame. I, I think he actually belongs on the MVP ballot somewhere in fourth or fifth or something like that, even though Portland is losing record. That's how good Dame was. But, yeah, I I think he's wrong. I think Giannis is clearly the MVP. And, actually, we were shaping up to have a real race. Remember, it's hard to remember. It seems like 10 years ago. But Giannis was injured. LeBron and the Lakers had just beaten the Clippers and the Bucks, And it was looking like LeBron could close the gap. and, And, sadly, he didn't get an opportunity to do that. So, I think Giannis is clearly the MVP if you freeze the season where we froze it. I I
1: agree. I think if you clear, if you stop the season there, but I think one of the problems is is that people get crowned the MVP in game 40 through 60, right? And I think sometimes it does carry weight the rest of the way, but a lot of times it was like the reason why people were crowning him MVP is one, because of their record, two, because of what they did to the Clippers, and three, because of what they did to the Lakers. That was why, and obviously his historic numbers. But fast forward to the last 20 games, then you watch, how the Lakers beat both the Bucks, both the Clippers, LeBron James was playing extremely well. So you're like, "Hey, he's making a push." So that's one of the problems when we crown someone MVP very, very early on. They're they're only 3 game 3 games back with multiple games to go. So if they had the same if the Lakers had the same record and LeBron James was leading the NBA in assists and averaging 25 points a game, had the number 1 had the number 1 seed in the Western Conference, which is a far harder conference, you can make an argument that they would have had a better record if they would have been in the Eastern conference than Milwaukee Bucks so I think that if you were to stop it today it was it was probably Giannis but ultimately I think LeBron James would have finished strong enough that you would have been a toss up
2: I think that's a great point about process, Richard, and I think some people listening to this are going to have a hard time separating a conversation about process versus just, oh, my guy's better. But the process is really important here because, Zach, I remember you and I had a conversation on your podcast right after the shutdown happened, and we talked about MVP, and you said, is there any case to be made for anyone besides Giannis? And I said, well, Giannis is hurt right now, and who knows how long he would be hurt, and and you just don't know. So to say it's a closed issue when you don't know about the final quarter of the season is something I think that all of us as voters have to be We just have to be more cognizant of, and that is not to say LeBron over Giannis. My leader in the clubhouse was Giannis. I think if we just take it from the shutdown, yes, it is Giannis as the MVP. I just would like to see, like you, Richard, the process be a little bit different for all of us because a race to the end is more fun anyway. Maybe the Lakers would have had the best record in, in the entire league. We just don't know how it would have turned out. All right, coming up. Reports indicate Kenny Atkinson and Tom Thibodeau are two of the leading candidates for the next head coaching job, currently held by interim coach Mike Miller, who is the best fit. Stick around. You're watching The jump.
0: It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit.
2: Tomorrow, we'll have an all-new E60 titled Imperfect about the life and times of Hall of Fame pitcher Roy Halladay. That's at 7 Eastern, ESPN, and the app. All right, it's crunch time here on The Jump on Memorial Day. Our friend Richard here posted a throwback video of him, Luke Walton, and some friends playing beach volleyball with the caption, This is what we should be doing this Memorial Day weekend, to which Richard's old friend and ours, Gilbert Arenas, responds with, Where's the invite? I want to do white people stuff. Uh,
1: I, 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 Gilbert is Gilbert. Anybody that knows him and knows his dysfunction, he's always invited. He's always invited to anything that he wants to do. And I replied, I was like, "Yo, we do this in the summer and we go skiing during the winter. That's what we do." He is more than welcome, but <laughs> Gilbert has some issues.
2: Zach, I think Gilbert would be a good volleyball player.
3: What do you say? I'm not getting into this. Zach, Zach,
1: went, <laughs> Zach wants no part. Of Gilbert Nothing. saying that what and, and Zach, that is a wise decision. Stay out of this. Never Stay skied this. in my
3: life, just for the record. Never skied in my whole life.
1: I never skied <laughs> until I retired. I never skied until I retired. It's a lot of fun. Way too expensive, but it's a lot of fun.
2: I think oh, we my definitely need to move on with the way this discussion is gone. <laughs> Let's wish roommate. the logo, Jerry West, a happy 82nd birthday. I'm just going to drown you out, Richard. Jerry earned one title as a player, eight rings as an executive. Zach, what is the more impressive feat by Mr. West? Becoming the logo, that's, that's pretty high, or becoming the only person to ever win finals MVP on a losing team?
3: Finals MVP on a losing team is more impressive than the logo. And it's proof that there was a time when NBA discussion was smart enough that your team could lose in the finals like over and over and over and over again and you individually could still be praised for your clutch play. It was possible. I wish it were possible again. You're
1: you're out of your mind, Zach. Look, I want to say this. My my three-year-old roommate, he looks at that and goes, Daddy, what's that? I was like, oh, that's the NBA logo. That's Jerry West. Now, every single time he sees that logo anywhere, he goes, Daddy, 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 Jerry West. And I was like, first of all, how many times have I told you not to call me daddy? Second of all, <laughs> yes, that is Jerry West. That is a more impressive, that's a far more impressive feat. He's going to be around on forever. To the Naismith forever.
2: Basketball Hall of Fame. Your therapy bill is so high, Richard. I just just need to comment on that. Jerry Colangelo told Jackie McMullen yesterday that the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony will be postponed until 2021 due to the coronavirus pandemic. So Richard, I don't know that you're going to have to wait a little bit for that Tim Duncan induction.
1: We're going to have to wait for Tim Duncan. And I just want to be the first one to say this. Tim doesn't even know this, but I will be introducing Tim Duncan at his speech. (laughs) He's probably going to have a very similar reaction to Michael Jordan had to Jerry Krause. Like, hey, a lot of people here don't know who invited Jerry Krause. That's going to be Tim Duncan. Uh, But, yeah, I'm just letting all the fans know, including Tim Duncan, that I will be the person introducing him.
2: And we're not going to tell you what date they're rescheduling for. Let's move on to the New York Knicks, the athletic first to report that Nets coach Kenny Atkinson, former Nets coach, I should say, is expected to interview for the Knicks head coaching job. Atkinson joining Tom Thibodeau and current interim Knicks coach Mike Miller as leading candidates. Zach, who of the three makes the most sense?
3: Well, first of all, it's really a testament to the Knicks brand that after years and years and years of dysfunction, they still get every top coaching candidate to interview for their jobs. Who they choose, will be indicative of what they want. Tibbs is a proven winner with a veteran team. Atkinson is a development guy who I hope someday gets a chance with a veteran team. So it will be telling. And Mike Miller did a great job after David Fisdell got fired.
2: I'm going to say right, he didn't none of them. Answer the question, I think Richard, what are you yeah. doing? I, no,
3: I, I think
1: Kenny Atkinson. Again, it depends on the route that you go. If you believe that you're going to get a veteran team, I think Thibodeau. If you're trying to build from the ground up, I think Kenny Atkinson has done a great job. But I think there's a lot of other great coaching candidates out there that should be considered. Mark Jackson, Van Gundy, uh, Ty Lue. I think there's a
2: lot of great coaches out there that should also be in consideration. It's so interesting to me about how the dynamic has changed in New York. The Nets part ways with Kenny Atkinson. They say he's not the right coach for us and the Knicks say maybe us. Yes.